I'm Matt Brownell. And I'm Van Owens. And I'm Tim Adams. Welcome to Climbing the Mountain, where we dive into the scriptures and discuss themes, connections, and real-life application. We're kicking off a series here where we're going to examine the Sermon on the Mount and discuss implications for this teaching for Christians today. simultaneously non-judgmental and totally judgy society. We're told it's wrong to judge others, but it's not that anyone has the freedom to live however they want. We're also told that what is good, often through virtue signaling. And then ironically, we judge anyone who crosses the line in the least amount. A sort of silly example of this, I go to Planet Fitness I actually, I love the place. I think it's great that they're welcoming. I love that people go work out there. It's really cheap. It's only 10 bucks a month. But they have the, for me, a very ironic slogan. It's the judgment-free zone. And it's really judgy (laughs) because for being a judgment-free zone. Everywhere you look, there's signs. Don't be a lunk. A lunk is someone that uh, drops weights or, or uh, you know, grunts or wears clothing that's, you know, too revealing or something. I, I'm, I'm on board with the last one. But, you know, if you're doing uh, a workout and you're like on your last rep and you're like, Ugh, you know, you're a lunk or, oh, no, I had an accident. I dropped a weight and a lunk and they have a, an alarm that sounds. And, uh, and so it really feels like, wow, I feel really judged now. Um, so anyway, it's, it, it is the, the most judgmental judgment free zone. And I think it's in some ways, uh, a little bit like our society, you know, you have to be on the right side of, of an issue and we're going to judge you, judge you, judge you if you're not, but you can't judge. And, I think we've lost the distinction between ju- judging and tolerating, and now we're compelled to affirm even if we don't agree or we will be judged. So as Christians, how do we interact in a world that judges the very word by which it will be judged? And that's what we're going to be looking at today. The passage we're about to read is right in the middle of what we've been considering, how to love those who hold to different matters of belief than us. Tim, you want to read this? Yeah, it's Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. It says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Don't give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Awesome. All right. This might be the most quoted and yet least understood passage of Scripture. Mm -hmm. It's amazing, really, how it can be both. On the surface, it sounds like Jesus is giving us a free pass. Don't judge me, and I won't judge you. But... Jesus just condemns sin explicitly in chapter 5 and calls us to be a light to the world. If he requires us to be holy and judge sin, 
How do we balance that with our call not to judge others? What does Jesus mean, and how does the world misunderstand? So I, I, I'll start here. Um, I, I think a couple things before we like dive headfirst into these questions. I think a couple things we we want to remember are first that this is in the middle of a of a discourse. Um, it's easy, and we do it, and we are doing it now. Uh, it's easy to break these up into chunks and then almost treat them like separate, isolated teachings. Um, and, and that's not what these are. These are, this is a, if it wasn't a continuous sermon, which you can have that argument, and I don't want to have it here, um, it at least is presented as a continuous sermon by Matthew. Uh, and that's in, and I absolutely believe that's intentional because he's saying a continuous thought. Um, so that really it flows from not worrying into not judging. We'll get to why that is, I, I hope, in a little bit. I think the other thing that's helpful to realize is that judging could mean a lot of different things. Um, there's civil judgment, like you know, a judge in a court. Uh, there is discernment. Um, Tim and I were just talking about like things I do with my kids in media, and there's a judgment I make about how much media my kids consume and what media they are allowed to consume. And I don't, you guys can disagree with me, I don't think Jesus is saying we can't make judgments, discernments, or if you are a judge, you can't do your job. I don't think he's saying that. And so we, we very often mistake discernment and judgment, but what I, the other, the last va- way we, ten, we can judge and the way they would judge is by determining the value of something, a, a person or thing. And his audience and, uh, and, and us, if we're being honest, love to judge people's value. We love to make value judgments about people. Like this person is more valuable this person is less valuable. And it very much reads to me like God is telling, Jesus is telling us, you don't get to judge another human being's value. Mm. You can discern, you can, if you're a magistrate, you can do your job, you can uphold the law via a judgment of a case, but you don't get to determine the value of a person. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you're bringing that out, Jim. And, and also the, yes, I think God being the ultimate judge is a really good thing to, to bring out. But also I love what you were saying about how this is a continuation of, of something that went before. This is one long discourse. It reminded me of what Jesus was covering in chapter five when he was addressing people who had taken a law for the courts and applied it to 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 their own lives like and mm-hmm. I can be the take be the judge basically and and treat you like an enemy or mm-hmm. uh and 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 also some of the semantic field that we covered like the the term raka and how you were othering someone you're uh, you're you're empty headed you're a nobody you're 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 cut off from from the the community mm-hmm yeah, I think that uh, what you were saying, Jim, too, about uh, not that it's not our purview to judge the value of an individual. And um, I think the kind of judgment that he's talking about here is the kind that we often as human beings do 
use to make ourselves feel better. Mm. And uh, that you judge the value of a person so that you can somehow up your own value. That if you uh, belittle a certain person who you feel is below you, then you're making your you're putting yourself a step higher. If you flatter a person who you think is above you, you're also trying to you're you're sort of on a, a ladder of self esteem, and that uh, when you judge the value of somebody, you're judging what they're worth. And then when you get, and as soon as I hear that word worth, I think of worship and it becomes a situation where what we have to understand is that God is the judge. God is the one who does the judging and that the judgments that we make are a subset of what he does. In other words, we look at what he judges and determine uh, and make our judgments based on those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think even to carry that on, we we have this tendency because you just talked about not worrying, and at least I I'm almost afraid of what God's judgment will be, but not in the sense of like I'm afraid He's going to judge me harshly, and I don't think the Pharisees in the audience would have been afraid of God judging them harshly. They were pretty secure in what their ju- hmm. God's judgment of them would have been mm-hmm. in their own mind. They were afraid that God would judge other people not as harshly as they wanted him to. And I think there is an element with us, um, not all the time and not with everyone, where we're almost afraid God is going to let people off the hook. <laughs> like we're, we're sort of, we it's go... It's okay if we get off the hook. Yeah, we want to be let off the hook. All those other people. Right? Exactly. <laughs> but I, I think there's... And I have that too. And I'm not, I'm not certainly not saying this from a place of like I have... You know, I never do that. I absolutely do that. But I think we get afraid and we go, well, God, these people are not, these people are lawbreakers. They're, they're not following the law. Can you let them have it like you said you would? Mm-hmm. And I think what God, God is going, yeah, but they're also doing some things that uh, are, are very much blind spots. And we'll get to the blind spot part later. So I don't want to go down that <laughs> rabbit hole yet. But they're doing some things that are, that are better than what you're doing, even though you're the, you have the law and you're holding some parts of it, but you're missing others. So let's let's leave the judging people, judging values to me. Yeah, it reminds me of Jonah. Mm, mm-hmm. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. The the, I really like this. Like this is if we talk about like the high level of this passage, mm-hmm. judging that we're called not to judge someone's value. We are still called to discern. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's yeah. a pretty good like one sentence summary of what this is talking about. And the thing that I would just add is that as we're going through, we need to see if that actually bears out, right? As we meditate on the scripture mm-hmm. and consider these other scriptures. Um, I, I've gotten myself really confused about the scripture a bunch <laughs> because I've confused what this judgment has such a large right. usage. Right, yeah. and so if you just take all a bunch of different scriptures out of context, this one's saying don't judge, mm-hmm. and there's other ones that say, well, of course you should judge, yeah. right? Yeah. And so yeah. if I if I, I needed to Wait, I needed to understand <laughs> those different uses, but I, I think as we're going through, we should be mindful: is this thesis statement, you know, how does the thesis statement bear out? Yeah, with that scripture. Yeah. 
That's a great, and I and I I'm glad that you're you're thinking about uh, that you brought out the other scriptures that talk about this, and I I think you're right, Jim. There is a good distinction to be made here between uh, ultimate judge and discernment, and uh, I think it would be kind of strange for Jesus to say you can't judge, mm-hmm. and then in Matthew 18 spend so much time talking about a brother who persists in sin. What do you do? How do you try to? Uh, restore him and uh, mm-hmm. okay eventually he has to be cast out of the 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 church yeah. like that's yeah i think it's important too to understand and this is what we talked about a lot when we were in matthew chapter 5 that the basis of everything is love mm. here and that um there's a passage in john chapter 3 17 jesus says for god did not send the son talking about himself for god did not send the son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Mm. He's talking about salvation. And then just a couple of chapters later in John chapter five, Jesus says, I can do nothing on my own initiative or authority. Just as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I do not seek my own will, but only the will of him who sent me. And when Jesus is talking about judgment here, so, and again, you have that sort of parallel, the first in John chapter three, he says, God didn't send me here to judge and condemn. He sent me here to save. And then he says in John chapter five, I judge based upon what God tells me. And so, you know, I I think that in some ways, judge or the verb to judge, the noun judgment is one of those English words that just means so many things. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a Greek scholar, so I don't know if there were different words that they used in the Greek, but I think that we do have to understand that there are different levels of it. Yeah, And that the level that Jesus is talking about is a level that comes from the heart, which for me is not a, a, a concept that I associate with judgment. I don't associate just automatically judgment with love. Yeah. I associate judgment with, at best, impartiality, and at worst, out to get you. <laughs> yeah, I I think the well, we can get to the word uh, words in a little bit, but I mm-hmm. I I want to just highlight something you and others have said about the going back to the scripture that you know Jesus only did what uh, the Father what he saw the Father doing mm-hmm. and saying, and I think that's really important for us too as we judge and make judgments because. You know, the world is all around us and it's telling us something too. Mm -hmm. And if we're listening to that, our judgments are going to be pretty flawed because what does the world say? Well, it it feels good and you're not hurting anyone else. That's okay. And so if someone hurts you, oh, that must be wrong. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) because I got my feelings hurt. (laughs) Mm. So I think that's important. And um, maybe if we want to move on to the next question, do you want to add something? Yeah, I just want to add one thing and, and highlight what Tim said um, about like looking at this because we we do love to take the scripture out of context and we love to take all scriptures out of context <laughs> um, and and use them as proof texts for what we want. And, and I think Tim made a really good point about that I don't want us to lose and that I, I want to hopefully if you're listening to this, you you take we really take it to heart that we have to understand the context of what is happening around the passage we're looking at all the time before we start making grand statements about anything because there's sometimes it's say well do not judge but he's not necessary 
we just have to be really careful and we want to make sure that we're not uh, you know losing context mm-hmm. to anything when we're when we're looking at con difficult things like this yeah that's true there's another scripture i wanted to bring into this in romans 14 and i'm probably going to go back there a few times but it reminded me because we we were talking about how god is this ultimate judge and in romans 14:10 it says you then why do you judge your brother or sister or why do you treat them with contempt for we all stand before God's judgment seat. Mm-hmm. Another scripture that is related to this passage is in James. James 4, 11 through 12 says, Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? When we look at Jesus' words in Matthew 7, I think there is on the one side a natural sort of, well, if you judge me, I'll judge you, that happens between people. However, I don't think Jesus has this dynamic primarily in mind, especially given where he goes in the rest of his sermon. I think Jesus appeals to the ultimate lawgiver and judge, God, what we've been talking about. None of us are qualified to sit on his throne and judge. How does knowledge of God motivate us to not judge in this way? Yeah, so when I think about this, um, you know, you take the the James 4 scripture where you acknowledge God as the lawgiver and judge, the one who can save and destroy. And right before then, there's this appeal to the to James's listeners to humble themselves before God, right? Mm. Recognize their brokenness, run away from the devil, come near to God, he'll come near to you. It's this the you know, right before the verse that you quoted, it said, Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up, right? So there's this like coming to reality to understand God is so much more vast, so much more righteous, so much more holy than I am. And I'm much more like the person that I'm considering judging (laughs) than I am like God. Yep. Right. And so there's this, um, it's easy to, I think to like assume that God's just on our side and agrees with whatever we think. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in reality, I, I have a lot more places that I need to grow and change and that my, my sight is messed up. My, um, you know, my priorities are messed up. And so having the, the right posture towards God, I would think like helps us in this process because we recognize, um, because it allows us to really treat the other person that we're interacting with, uh, with humility. Mm. I think I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, I think a lot of the Sermon on the Mount, specifically the ways like um, where he talks about instead of going one mile, go two miles, yeah. um, and actually like take time to like meet the person, get to know them, and love your enemies, and like 
I'm obviously paraphrasing of like not taking your brother to court and and a lot of this is like instead of putting people in a different bucket than you just stop to like recognize someone's humanity mm-hmm. and your own humanity yep. and that like you don't none of us have god absolutely right mm-hmm. like none of us have it right and we're all trying to figure it out to some degree we all are falling short to arguably some even greater degree um and, and i think when we if when i know god and when i'm knowing god i can see how i'm how i'm falling short not just how like this other person yeah. or this group of people oh they, these people are, have it all wrong it's like well maybe but let's look at all the things i'm doing that aren't maybe aren't the best mm-hmm. or that might be falling short let's take a look at me and let's instead of judging the value of this person realize that there are people god values just as much as me who are trying to who are probably trying their best and that god's trying to be patient with yeah and i th- i think the other thing that we have to do is we really have to um spend the time that it takes in our devotional lives to really try to get to know god mm-hmm. because when we start to when you start to think about judgment and judging each other it's difficult not to get into a sort of courtroom drama in your head mm-hmm. But even if you were going to take the analogy of a courtroom drama and you put God on the bench as the judge, once you start to study about God, once you start to really dig into your own devotional life, you realize that he's not a judge in the sense of the one in the black robe sitting on the bench. He's also he's not just the prosecutor. (laughs) He's also the defense attorney. He's also your advocate. Mm -hmm. as well as your judge. And he also provides uh, grace and mercy so that even though you are guilty, and we all are because we're all sinners, that he provides a way out for you, of out from under your guilt. And so God plays all of those roles. And he being God, he can do that, and he can do that perfectly, and he does. We're not God. And so we shouldn't assume any one of those things without the, without sort of being able to understand that we are under, we are under God. Yeah. That we, the, the, and the way that we judge should reflect the way that he judges, which is not just the authority on the bench saying, you're guilty, you're innocent, you're convicted. You go free. That that's not who God is. So it's. Uh, I I think Van. I'm glad you brought up the God, like sort of the trial court thing, because I think we we have a very different view of justice than Jesus's audience would have. Um, we in 21st century America. If you were listening to this somewhere else in the world, welcome. Thank you. Uh, if you are not, all good. But if you're in 21st century America, we have a punitive justice system, which means justice equals the um, correct amount of punishment for the crime according to the law. And in a more Eastern setting that Jesus was in, at least to some degree, and it's I don't know exactly how much the Romans sort of put it more towards our system, 
But amongst Jews, it would have been more a restorative justice system, and the goal of their of justice and judging for them was not to punish you appropriately. It was to restore you, not just to make sure you got what you deserve. Whereas when a 21st century American hears justice, we go, oh, you're getting the amount of punishment you deserve for what you did wrong. So Yeah, I think this is circling around the a very deep idea of justification. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another term that we get from the courtroom, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not that... Uh, you know, when God looks at you and you're justified, it's not like he's forgotten that you've ever sinned. It's it's that he you're clothed with Christ. He is your your as you mentioned, the the advocate for us and and intercedes on our behalf. But more than that, he paid the price for our sins. And it would be unjust then, since that has already been taken care of through his infinite value mm-hmm. sacrificed for us. It would be unjust to condemn us any further mm-hmm. for what has already been paid. And so when we look at others, we shouldn't be condemning them either because they stand, if they are in Christ, totally blameless because of what, not only that, God looks at them with approval and with joy and praise because mm-hmm. of what Jesus did. And I think that that knowledge, I think, should shape how we interact with others around us mm-hmm. uh, and also just help us feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much to be grateful for because of my salvation, because of what Jesus did for me. And um, we are about out of time. Mm-hmm. This is such a great, great topic. We have God who is our ultimate judge. Uh, we looked at that and we looked about... Uh, how we can view others because of the way that God views us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's so much more to discuss and I'm, I'm grateful we have more time. Let's, let's pick it up again next time. Thanks. 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 Oh.